Drake is, you know, the the one senior that's up here, man, this is a guy that he's made every person in the Oklahoma program better. And uh, just, man, you've enriched all of our lives, man. You've uh, just, we're thankful, man, you what the amazing example that you've been. You've been an amazing player. But how you do what you do, man, it's, <laughs> uh, you're that dude. So, man, I just want to say thank you, man. I love you. University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables right there. Tyler talking about Drake Stoops, who I've seen a couple of clips of what's going on there at the Shrine Bowl. He's uh, doing pretty well for himself, I would guess. Does surprise anyone. I mean, really. Yeah. It's fun to see, and you're happy for him, and everyone's rooting him on. But is anyone truly surprised anymore? When he goes out somewhere and not only holds his own, but maybe looks like one of the better players on the field? Because that's exactly yeah. what's been going on in Frisco for the past three days. You're right. I, I think you're right. I mean, we've all come to expect, like, if um, like if he just kind of pulled, you know, all the Sooner fans and asked, how you think Drake Stoops is going to perform at the East-West Shrine game, uh, as expected, better than expected, worse than expected, you'd probably have like 95% say, oh, he'll do better than what everyone well, thinks. I would hope do. so by now. Have we not learned right. after all this time of what this kid's capable of and what he's all about? Uh, Pro Football Network, after the second day of practice, had this to say. They had the risers and fallers out there and Drake Stoops is one of the risers. It says, Drake Stoops easily could have been on this list for me yesterday but he just missed out. However, on day two, his play was just too exciting to ignore. The shifty wide receiver looked smooth in and out of his breaks, had lightning quick releases off the line, and drew a lot of eyes from scouts and players alike for his one-on-one work. Stoops came into the 2024 Shrine Bowl week among a talented wide receiver group with something to prove. Through the first two days, the Oklahoma Sooner has put together an eye-opening body of work that should positively impact his 2024 NFL draft stock. Now, a lot of people on our social media pages have said, awesome, happy for Drake. Maybe he can be a steal at the end of the NFL draft. Maybe someone will pick him up late and he'll turn out to be a great player. I'm pretty convinced that he's going to get drafted at this point. But is it? are we just sure that it's going to happen like towards the later end of the draft or... Is someone maybe going to take a chance on him at the end of the fourth, early, like, fifth round, so somewhere right around there? That's a good question. Um, you know, I think it's probably just because of how it's set up, because it has to be, like, the perfect situation, right? He, he needs to go – where there's a veteran quarterback, you can't – he the way he plays and what his role is going to be, just – it doesn't feel like it'll work with a young quarterback trying to find himself in, a, in an offense, yeah, I right? Yeah, sure. I think you need the right quarterback, the right system, the right staff. So I think there's already kind of a limited, limited uh, group of teams that would take him. Um, then on top of that, when you get to the whole measurables thing, I mean, you know, it's 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 always going to be hard whenever you 
you're looking up and down the list and you're saying, well, you know, th- here's a group of wide receivers that are five inches taller, that are 20 pounds heavier, that run or 40 faster, that have the higher vertical. I mean, he's not going to win. He's not going to win the, the tape measure contest. So I guess what I'm saying is it comes down to the right fit and and whether that team thinks it's they're up against anyone else, you yeah, know, well, I mean, it's and, kind of supply and demand. And, and I do agree with those those points for sure. Now, maybe someone says, "Yeah, here are the measurables." Didn't keep him from being an All Big Twelve wide receiver last year, but also I, I think the the last name helps out here, man. No doubt. Does it help him in terms of jumping up two rounds? And if he didn't have the last name Stoops, I don't think I'd go that far. But the last name being what it is and kind of what he's all about, I think, is a huge, huge positive for him in, in this process. No, I agree. But, but I do think he will, regardless of where it is, I do think he's going to get drafted. I think he'll get drafted too. And you know where I, where I would right now put my money? Tampa? Kansas City. Oh, if he goes to Kansas City, then, jeez. I mean, it – I, I'm trying to think if there's a better fit for him than that. I don't. Nah, I mean, that's that's perfect, man. I mean, it's it's kind of like the. It's kind of like. You know, Tom Brady in New England. He, he had his go-to tight end, and I don't know how how much longer Travis Kelsey's going to play, but he had the go-to can't cover tight end. Then he had the you know the good physical run game that always backed them up and then you know when they were at their best they had the go-to number one wide receiver but that was kind of like the tier you know and how their offense was built and like he would be perfect for a guy like Patrick Mahomes that where it's the you can always work the slot you can always work the middle of the field uh, you know, really has has a good understanding of coverages and how to exploit them, how to get open. You know, whenever you're not the fastest guy and the biggest guy and the most athletic guy, you have to find ways to get open as a wide receiver. And, you know, he's he's got that, that gift. I mean, that little nuance, the way to, you know, exploit coverages. He's got that, and that's perfect for a guy – like Mahomes, yeah, and I and I wouldn't put it at zero um, percent that that could happen, and I say that because most maybe most people think, well, look at the Chiefs' offense right now, man. Like, do they really need more wide receivers? Is that what they yeah. really need in their championship window? When when they were at their worst this year, it was because of the wide receivers and all those drops, right. man. Like they're they're right. playing pretty good football right now, but yeah, I'd still argue that the Chiefs could absolutely use a wide receiver. In the you know fourth fifth round somewhere there, not a first round pick at wide receiver, but someone sure handed that you could really count on. He he fits that and for sure. Here's the other thing too, you know, what kept Brady playing for twenty years at a high level was spending got, a million a year on a, his own trainer. Well, yeah, but he got the ball out of his hands quick. I, Brady did not have excellent athleticism. He could move around in the pocket a little bit, but he was not a great athlete. 
He got the ball out of his hands quick. And as Mahomes gets older, like the arm will be the last thing to go. The athleticism and the wills will be the first thing to go. And as that starts to get, you know, less and less of a weapon for him, he's going to find that it's going to be easier to play longer by getting the ball out of his hands quicker. And that's where a, a receiver like Drake Stoops would come into play. Let me get through a handful of text here. I think Drake Stoops would be great in Kansas City, says the texture in the 405. Big Chris, truly seven feet tall. Drake Stoops to Tampa, Florida. That's what I'd like to see. Uh, 816, Stoops seems like a perfect fit for the Chiefs. Mahomes looking for a precise route runner, and we tend to get good players in the later rounds. He needs to go to Tampa. 240, Stoops uh, would have 100% drafted if Belichick was still coaching. So people either want Kansas City or Tampa. They're, they're the two fits that they're looking for. Yeah. Or here's a Stoops to Chargers one. Go play with Jim Harbaugh out there. Yeah. Drake can tell us how weird uh, Jim Harbaugh is, though I think we already know. Uh, okay, you, you teased something going into the uh, top of the hour there. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Travis Kelsey, yeah, he's elite. He's incredible. He's maybe the best ever at his position in the NFL, yet he's still wide open so many times, still making so many plays. And you were going to relate that to how important it is for OU to be better at tight end. The floor is well, yours. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it is it's frustrating for someone who roots against the Chiefs to see, like, the most popular person in the entire sport right now running wide open down the field. Uh, it's always like, well, how in the world, in this offense against Kansas City, could you ever lose sight of where Travis Kelsey is? How is that possible? Well, it's it's actually pretty simple. The problem, and this is why having a tight end is so great, is because of where they line up in the formation and how they move in the formation from side to side, from the backfield. Like, you can't. It's Well, you can. It's much more difficult to just say, here's our best cover corner. You go cover their tight end. Well, they'll pull you into the run fit by, uh, they'll pull you into the run fit by motioning that tight end into the core and using him as a blocker. Well, okay, well, we're out on having the corner in there. We can't do that. We'll, we'll move the safety. Well, if you... Just have a safety on him. You're kind of tuck, you're you're stuck with playing just man to man. And if you're just going to play man to man, it becomes really easy for offenses to to game plan that and pick routes and line up in bunch and all of those different things that are hard to play man to. So you can't ever just cover that guy with your best cover person like you can a wide receiver. Or it's much easier to do it with a wide receiver. So it's the same thing in college. It, I would say in college it's even it's even easier to do that, to get that type of mismatch and to mess up coverages because college defenses are not as good at rotations. They're not as good in underneath coverage at the linebacker and safety spot. There's massive holes. The way the field is is divided gives you way more space and opportunity to exploit some of those holes. I mean, 
it's almost criminal in college football how little tight ends are used. Yeah, unless it's Georgia or Michigan or Alabama when they have a really good player there. I mean, it's like, like Brock a Bowers still for Georgia. You Brock, know, it's yeah, not like... yeah, but Brock Bowers may have been pound for pound the best player in the sport the past couple of years. But mm-hmm. I mean, I and that's just one example. I'm sure there's others out there as well. Just if you have a dominant player at that position, just how dominant that player looks at tight ends. Right, it's insane, man. Yep. And, and I mean, OU's been a case I, I, when they had Mark Andrews, man. Impossible to cover. Jermaine Gresham, the same thing. So that, I mean, you're, and I don't know if you're talking more specifically about nowadays in college football, but I think that's been the case for a while now. Well, I think, I think often offensive coordinators they get enamored with wide receivers and everything, and they forget at times. I how defenses function or don't function, and how you can screw with it. Like, for example, Baltimore, one of the best players on their defense is uh, the safety Hamlin, right? And you could say, all right, since you're so good, you've got Travis Kelsey whenever he's on the field. Well, guess what? What happens whenever Travis Kelsey is on the sideline and Blake Bell's out there? Well, Blake Bell has caught, like, a handful of passes all season. He's not the target that Travis Kelsey is. But guess what? Because of the way you call your defense, now you're going to have your best player defensively covering a blocking tight end that they're not going to throw the ball to. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just it's so much more difficult to do it. And, okay, well, Travis Kelsey's in the game. Hamlin's covering him. Well, guess what? He's staying in and blocking on this. So now your best players effectively out of the play 100% on the back end and you can attack down the field uh, way better if you're Kansas City. Got the best player on him, Jim. There he is, Blake Bell at tight end. They're going to throw it to him. <laughs> he didn't we didn't get one of those yesterday. <laughs> oh man, that's great. That guy can't he can't win with the internet right now. I'm starting to feel bad for him. Oh, I everyone's know just sitting back and just waiting to crush him over something. Well, yeah, it's Part of it is it's easy. The other part of it is, well, they made him a huge target when they paid him damn near $20 million a year to call football games. How stupid is that? All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep the text line going, 651-3439. We'll be back. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line where someone just said, you'd have to hold me at gunpoint to listen to the Dwayne Wade podcast. I didn't hear a Dwayne Wade podcast ad run during our commercial break. Maybe on a like an affiliate huh. or something it did, but yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Wade's got a podcast, huh? Yeah, everyone's got a podcast okay. these days. Yeah, Absolutely. OU did get a portal ad today. Garen Hatchett, offensive lineman out of Washington, six foot four, three hundred pounds. Started the first eight games last year before being injured at UW. Two years of eligibility remaining. What do you know about Garen Hatchett? Oh, not a lot, honestly. Um, have to do a little asking around and see what people think of him. Um, you know. He's obviously 
I don't know if he's going to be a plug-and-play starter, but he's clearly, because of his experience, he's going to be a guy that is immediately going to add depth and experience, which is is what we need. Yeah. Um, I look so, at the, I look at this as I think there's a pretty decent chance he is plug and play. And why I yeah. say that is you play every single game at Washington in 22 and then you're a starter in 2023. You got 2 years of eligibility left. I don't really think that you're leaving a place that for now your brother is going back to unless you you feel like you got a really good chance to start or at least be a major contributor. You know what I mean? Like somebody right. at the back end of their career like that, I don't think that they're leaving just to be a role player somewhere. Yeah. No, I agree. He is – he's rated as the – well, I guess that's out of high school. Of all the transfer players, he had the highest high school grade, four-star out of high school. Um, so, you know, I don't know what, what all that means, but – He's got experience. He's he's going to be added, added depth at a minimum. You know, I don't know who is necessarily going to be the the plug and play guys. You know, he's a he's an interior guy, and I don't know. I don't know if he's played center. I don't know if he can snap. I mean. You know, center's going to be a, a spot that's up for grabs, too. I know we're talking about a lot about tackle, um, talking a lot about the guard spots, but, you know, Troy Everett is, like, if you pencil it in right now, he'd say that's your starting center. And while he's done some good things, he's undersized. You know, going into the SEC, it would be nice to have bigger player at that position. Oh, Totally. So, yeah, no, Parker and I were just attempting to guess in late January on what the starting five of the offensive line could look like. We had three portal players as starters, is just a guess. But like my my main point was, you know, there's so many questions right now about the offensive line. I think any five that you say is just that a guess and very much subject to change. But I don't even know who I would project as like their best offensive lineman next year at this point. And normally, you know, you know that coming into a year. Like a year ago, you right. probably say, you know, Guyton's got the biggest upside. He's got the highest ceiling. He'll probably be drafted higher than any other offensive lineman you have. I don't even know at this point who their best offensive lineman is. And that's not to say I think they're going to be just garbage on the offensive line next right. year. I just there's a lot of things that we don't know about that group at this point. Um, I, I would, I guess I'd probably say Sexton. At the moment, um, you know, he, he played, you know, for, for not having much experience and then having to come in kind of late in the season, he played pretty daggum solid. And if he can stay healthy and have a good off season and get back to where he's he's moving some big weight, putting some size on, some strength, you know, I think there's a chance – that he can be a really good tackle for you next year. Yeah, I, I would definitely project him as one of the starting tackles right now. Again, I yep. subject to change like the other four spots, but I uh, I, I guess I'd feel comfortable mo- than, than most positions putting him at one of those two tackle spots as of yeah. right now. And this probably does it for OU um, in in terms of the winter transfer portal cycle. We'll see what the, we'll see what they do in the spring. I'm sure they'll add. Um, 
I, I don't think it'll be a huge ads to be made in the spring, but we'll see how active they are after uh, spring ball is over. So I, I'm curious what the text line thinks after it's all kind of done now with the uh, winter transfer portal. You got Spencer Brown, O lineman at Michigan State, Des Malone, corner out of SDSU, Dion Burke, Sam Franklin, Bauer Sharp, Nawawu, Jocelyn Malaska, uh, Jocelyn Malaska, Tyler Keltner, Kaylin, uh, Caden Woolard. Michael Tarquin, Jake Roberts, Casey Thompson, and Garen Hatchett. What letter grade you would give for OU's portal hall uh, this portal cycle? Yeah. I am going to go with just a uh, solid B at this point, what I think of the portal hall. Too high, too low, or now, dead on balls Who's accurate. the Malaska? Jocelyn Malaska. He is a uh, corner from Utah. I believe he's coming in as a PWO. He is an in-state kid. He went to high school. That's right. Yeah. Okay, I was I had forgotten about him because I'm looking at this list on two four seven and he's not on there. But yeah, now I remember now. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, I would say, I'd say it's solid. You know, and has a chance to be possibly great. Um, like I would say, there's a chance that Dion Burks is a star next year. I absolutely agree with that. Um, I would say there's a really good chance that we get multiple starters on the offensive line. Um, Woolard, we'll see. His numbers are good. He's got uh, he's got a good set of uh, skills at the edge spot. I mean, definitely add depth there. Who knows? Maybe maybe even more. And I know where you're going I, here. I think you got a. I mean. It's it's kind of hard to say because we just don't know anything about him. But he's the biggest wild card, I think. Bauer Sharp, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you could get incredible upside here, or you can get not much, and Devon Mitchell just yeah. takes over potentially. All right. But you got what is supposed to be a really, really good athlete. That's six four, two hundred forty five, two hundred fifty pounds. Uh, I'd say that say that the the prospects are pretty good there with him having having you know at least the ability to work into this offense as a threat so Cherokee say, all in all pretty good but I they're not done with this transfer portal I'm just telling you right now you talking now, about the, the winter or the spring n- well either I I don't know I don't know when it's going to be but I think that they're still going to be in on some yeah. Some people, if yes. available, like whoever's Correct. available, if it fits a need for them, and there's the right players out there, I think there's still going to be a player, maybe even a big player. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, No, I'm with you on that. I They're in an interesting spot numbers-wise, and they're going to have to, you know, cut some scholarships after spring ball is what it sounds like, but they'll they'll make that happen, especially if someone's out there available that they really like, they'll, they'll, they'll make that happen. I, I'm what, with you. What do you think is – is there a position out there where it's still, like, they should go get in on one of the top guys that are available out there, running back, corner, D-line? I mean, I don't think there's any D-line guys available anymore, is there? I mean, if you can find someone on the interior that's has a lot of experience and is a plug-and-play guy, I mean, that's probably where I would go immediately, but that – I don't think that player is available right now. Maybe it will be in the spring, but it's not out there right now. 
Right. Um, I mean, there, there was a – I had this down to mention anyway. 24-7 had college football teams that still have major portal needs. And OU was one of the ten that they listed that major portal needs. Now, this is before they got Garen Hatchett today. I don't know if they take offensive line off of their list. Probably not. But OU was mentioned. It said O-line and defensive tackle is where OU still has major needs. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Like, maybe. Maybe we have major needs there. Maybe we're we're okay. I mean, I think I think there's development has a lot to say about that on on a couple of guys. Um, but you could definitely stand to add a a difference maker on the interior of the defensive line. But I just there's those guys aren't out there, so. Nine one eight. You could say that's a need for every single person or every team in college football. Nine one eight would like your guys' opinion. What's the one thing you're excited about with our defense going into the SEC, where we can really hurt teams? And what's one bad thing on our defense that will hurt us a lot if we don't get it fixed right away? All right. So one thing that we really like that OU can really affect teams with. And one thing on defense that needs to be fixed, or OU is going to get uh, exposed a bit. Let's start with the let's start with the good here. What, what do you like that OU has on defense that they can really um, affect teams with? I think that we're going to be really good uh, at at backer and at edge. Now, interior defensive line, I think we have a chance to be solid. Um, but I think really just. I would say safety, backer, and edge. You, I think you, you have to include safety. I think they're yeah, going to be I don't as know good why as they've been in, the in a while time. there. But, yeah, I mean, so one thing that they can really hurt teams with, I pass rush uh, mixed with really good coverage. Is that That's kind of where I would go. I think the pass rush could be really good next year. Um, could be. Well, I think – I mean, this is – it's hard to say that they're really going to hurt people. I just think that they're going to be an all-around really good defense. I, I don't know that we're going to have – I don't know that we're going to have a pass rusher that has more than five sacks individually, like on the defensive line, right? I don't know that we're going to have a, a secondary player that has the amount of interceptions that Bowman had this year. I, I don't know that we have any one individual player that is going to massively affect the way that offenses operate. But what I do know is that we're going to be incredibly solid, experienced, and athletic across the board. If that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? It's not sure. like I, – I think the – the experience and the ability for for Venables and Alley to be really multiple in what they do is is really going to be what makes them so dangerous. Now, on the negative side, what's one bad thing? The defense uh, it can hurt a lot if they don't get it fixed right away. It was good in the bowl game. It was a lot better in the bowl game. I think Arizona's leading rusher had like less than thirty yards. Mm-hmm. But towards the back end of the season, for whatever reason, run defense was not great. 
No. And I don't think that's going to consistently be an issue next year. I really don't. But if you're asking me for something, I, I'd say that because of how the yeah. the end of the year looked at times. Yeah. You know, I would say one of the shortcomings we have is, like, the size on the interior. So in order for us to be really good against the run, a lot of times what we have to do is blitz and stunt with our our defensive line and backers, which is really good at creating some really big negative yardage plays, tackles for loss, a lot of chaotic plays in the backfield. But it also leaves you exposed to getting gashed when guys get cut off and the stunt doesn't get to where it's supposed to and you got a gaping hole in the middle of your defense. And I think that happened way too much down the stretch last year. So I do think we'll be better in the interior, though. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra, with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro. Is this going to be one of the record-breaking or recent records anyways whenever it comes to Super Bowls? Yeah, probably, but I was telling my wife in, well, it had to have been the late second quarter of the late game last night. I think, I think the answer to that is yes. But I don't think that that was the biggest matchup we could have had. I think if the right. Lions would have won, then it would have been even more insane. It does kind of feel that way. Um, yeah, but it's still incredibly interesting. And the only other thing I've got is for the Chiefs, they took a big injury uh, hit there in the Ravens game. Charles Amenahu is out, ACL torn, pass rusher. Um you know, their defense is really good, and they're going to be able to absorb that to some degree, but not going to be at full strength on the defensive line. And uh, pressure on Purdy is exactly what you want. So, I mean, that could be uh, one of those things that factors into the football game. Still crazy to me that uh, San Fran opened up as a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. And I believe it's dropped since then. Like People are like, what? I'm not yeah. betting against Mahomes again. Let's go load up on the Chiefs in this one. Yeah. San Francisco opened up as a favorite, and we got two long weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City's a favorite at kickoff. Yeah. I, I've i got to take Kansas City. Have you know, to, man. I, Have to. I, as good as their defense is, I think there's some holes in the in the San Francisco defense a little bit. But all of that said, I do think it has the – the formula potential for a really great game. So I'm excited about it. Any chance you um, happened upon some recruiting photos on your Twitter timeline this weekend with the big junior day? Not that uh, I'm asking you to recall any 2025 prospects that you're excited about. I am mostly talking about how prospects such as Nate Roberts were in last week. And boy, that SEC patch on the uniform sure looks good to me. Oh, I didn't see uh, oh, it. Oh, Teddy, it just looks great, I tell you. I didn't just, see that. It looks clean, man. I love the SEC patch on, on the uniform. 
what do I go to? Oklahoma football? Did they post some of the pictures, or can they not do it? I'll, I'll just I'll just send you some. How about yeah. that? Uh, that's cool. It just I, goes along with the excitement that I have about this move to the SEC, and it just gets yeah. more and more real as we go along. And just seeing the SEC patch on the uniform is yeah, that looks that looks clean. That looks good. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, how about BYU telling their students to remove the horns down T-shirts in what the front row? What is game that? <laughs> wow. What What is that, dude? It's weak is what it is. It's soft. As soft as Rodney Terry was a couple of weeks ago, this was even more soft from BYU. These guys are leaving the conference. What do you care? I know they're like the nicest fans when we rolled out there in November, and that's great, but... Come on, let him wear a horns down T-shirt. When I saw um, the post game press conference clip, and the coach said, "Hang on, I want to address something," or however he phrased it, that is not what I expected him to say. I, that is just shocking to me. Has everyone lost their mind? Yes, 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 they have. That is incredible how soft and pathetic we've become. It's embarrassing. Number man. one, it's soft and uh. pathetic that they would that they would ask or expect um, you know opposing teams in their in their gyms to do that for Texas. And it's soft and pathetic that those administrators, coaches, whoever would would bow down to that. That is so it is so stupid. What he said is it's it's just flat out wrong. Yeah, it's it's I, not it's not like being classy. It's not it's being pathetic and weak and soft as hell and ruining the sport is what it is. I guess this doesn't affect us for next year, but uh yeah, there was a report a couple of months ago that well, KU's going to be working on their stadium next year. So they're not going to be able to play in it. Where are they going to play? The AD put out a statement yesterday. Congrats, Chiefs. What a squad. What an organization. Grateful for our partnership with one of the great franchises in the world. Can you imagine how credible, incredible it would be for student-athletes to play in their stadium and for KU football fans to get that experience? Winking emoji. Sounds like KU's playing their games at Arrowhead next year. Well, I'm... I'm- I imagine they're just thrilled with that. What a great atmosphere that's going to be when it's well, 25% full. I guess they don't care, you know, whatever, come ruin our field as long as you're paying us. We don't care about that. It's fine. No big deal. Yeah, the Chiefs are probably really pissed off about it. Yeah. They'll, uh, they'll take the check. They'll cast that check take that comes check. From, uh, from, from KU. Did you get that photo of the SEC patch yet? Oh, 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 oh. let me check here. Is this a... A Twitter direct message or something? No, I just texted it to you, but I know you got that new number and I can never remember it. Yeah, I don't have it yet. Okay. Well. I have to comment on the other side. Uh, Sharon Moore did get hired at Michigan this weekend. Right. Harbaugh's been taking some big-time staffers with him to the Chargers, but Sharon Moore is official and (laughs) got a lot of pressure. I I think Michigan fans probably like this one, but you know how it is, dude. Better better win right, right away. No doubt. No doubt. I saw a headline of an article that basically said that Sharon Moore is really just an interim coach. And 
it's like a it's like a like a fill in the gap unless he does great so they've already like if that's the the thought they've already piled on way more pressure than they ever needed to right i mean just well, who do they just think hire the guy hire with full confidence him. and 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 let him go do his thing? Do they have like someone that they're already targeting in mind? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, I think that was maybe just a media take, but like if that's what the overall feeling is, I if I was Ohio State, that's what I'd be putting out there. You oh, know? some more uh, misinformation from Ohio State this offseason. Yeah. That's what I'd be putting time. out there is like, oh, well, you don't want to go. I mean, he's not going to be the coach there for long. I mean, they're, they're going to make their real hire in a year or two. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Stay with us. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. The reigning back-to-back national champion Oklahoma women's gymnastics squad opens their home schedule on Friday, January 26th. Get to the Lloyd Noble Center early for a mini national champions replica banner giveaway as the Sooners host Denver at 645. Tickets start at $8 and beer prices are slashed to just 2 bucks for the Sooners home opener. Reserve your seats today at Soonersports.com slash tickets and we'll see you on Friday, January 26th for Oklahoma Gymnastics. For three generations, the John M. Ireland and Son Funeral Home and Chapel in Morris continued to serve the community by giving back to local schools, charitable organizations, and first responders. We provide pre-planning for funerals and cremation. Armstrong Bank. Strength runs in our family. Contact our knowledgeable bankers to open your business account. Member FDIC. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you the sour of the rush. A very happy birthday to Billy Bowman. Billy Billy out there today. Happy birthday to Billy Bowman. Best of luck uh, coming up this year. I'm sure he's going to be on uh, some Thorpe watch list to start the year. Just like Stutzman will be on Buckus Award watch list to start the year. Yeah, I would say so. I I mean, he should be the watch list, uh, if you ask me. So. Yeah, 405. Uh, this is Alec, Doug from Norman's son. He's taken a nap. I don't normally text, but I sincerely hope Texas plays at TCU this Saturday. I would hope that the student body of TCU wears horns down shirts. Dad and I are currently going to make sure there are enough shirts for when Texas visits the LNC. Well, save me one, Alec, please. Well, I guess I... Texas won't be visiting the LNC again in men's hoops, but I'll still take one if you're making them. I don't know. My guess is they won't because some pathetic loser, uh, wherever it's on the staff or in the administration or whatever at TCU is going to say, we're not going to do that. We're better than that. Why do you want to be better than that? I mean, (laughs) don't be better than that. That's not any fun. Go out with a banger, man. Do the most inappropriate, or, you know, do the horns down uh, the, the whole way out, their last time in town. Come on. It's way they more fun. should be mocked endlessly. And I, I, can't, I mean, did, was there pushback from BYU fans with what their coach said? I, I don't know. I didn't hear from any BYU fans on that. So what I would, the hell? I would hope that they were embarrassed. but They spelled out horns down. 
I just I can't even. It's just so stupid. That's so stupid. Two four zero from the state of Maryland. To be fair, the horns down gesture is probably really traumatizing to the Texas snowflakes, as it probably reminds them of our blowout losses to OU and other defeats. I don't know what it is. I they're defending their players from nothing. I mean, the T-shirts spell horns down. Wow. Look at it, laugh at it, and then go play the basketball game. Like, it's, just, it's just so stupid, man. President of OU, Daniel Pullen, is an OU grad. He might be on board with that, says a texture of the 405. Yeah. Don't let us down, Daniel. Come on. I don't know. I guess I shouldn't be shocked. I mean, I have uh, thank you to Twitter and the Internet and television. I have an endless stream of things uh, like basically directed like right into my brain of things that I never thought I would have to watch or that we would stoop to such a low level and be so pathetic. But it happens constantly. You want to hear this is just another case of it. I I know it's a Monday already, but do you care to hear the worst part of that? Yeah, go ahead. It's probably never going back the other way. So as no, bad, as, as, bad no way. as you think it is now, just wait on what's to come in the future. Yeah, I know. Though I wish I could have contacted someone at OU after the game on Saturday and said, can you please stop telling these tech fans to yell, Go Raiders! On their way out of the LNC, celebrating like they just won a national championship. I'm, hey, I'm getting triggered from this. If they come in and beat you at your house, to the victor go the spoils, in my well, opinion. They, they say whatever they want. They had the spoils, all right. Boy, you've, uh, I guess, in football and men's hoops, since you've announced the move to the SEC, you've kind of taken it on the chin since since that day. Uh, yeah. You think? I had that overwhelming thought walking out of the uh, walking out of the arena on Saturday. It's like, man, someone else who's celebrating in Norman. This is not great. It's... Uh... It's helping us set the bar low so we can sneak up on everyone in the SEC. Play the undoubted card. That's right. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk more about that game at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, but at least one of two this week, man. You've got, you cannot go 0 for 2 this week. Can't do it. Four consecutive losses. You're clearly out of the top 25 then. I'll be interested to see what they are in bracketology when it's released this week. Yeah. You think they'd allow it if they spelled horns and then instead of spelling out down, they just had an arrow pointing down? Would that pass nope, muster nope, or no? Nope, that's, it's too much. It's too much. That'd bring condemnation that from, uh, from the home basketball coach. Unbelievable. Final hour of the rush coming up next. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app. The Ref Sports Radio Network. OEC 